I remember laying in bed, not able to get up, like super depressed and thinking to myself, I don't, I want to be better, but I don't know how. Well, it starts with getting out of the bed. Oh, it starts with taking a shower. Just take that one move. And it's like, I can't, I can't even get my foot out of the bed, right? It's hard. I get it. But you have to decide that you're going to do something and you got to do something radically different than what we're preaching to moms right now, which is just go to therapy and take your prescription antidepressants. And that's not fair. It's not fair to moms at all. Welcome to the Raise Your Hand Motherhood Podcast, a place where you just might find or hear a tiny piece of your motherhood reality. I'm your host, Raylan Minka, an educator, writer, and emotionally frazzled toddler mom. If you've ever felt lonely in your motherhood journey or asked yourself, am I the only one experiencing this? Then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each episode focuses on a different but common motherhood struggle, where we discuss the ups, the downs, and the WTFs with moms from all around the world. So whether you're stroller pushing and podcasting yourself around the neighborhood, waiting at the doctor's office for your next fertility treatment, or listening with a well-deserved glass of wine at the end of another full day of motherhood, welcome. I hope you can relate to some of what you hear in today's episode, and get ready to raise your hand if you do. Hey, mamas, and welcome to the pod. I'm your host, Raylan Minka, and if you're new here, well, I welcome you and get ready for a deep dive. In today's episode, we're talking about a topic that's very personal and a bit difficult for me to discuss, which I think is why I haven't recorded this episode until now, and that topic is postpartum depression. Was I ever diagnosed with postpartum depression? No, not officially. But that might have had something to do with the fact that I became a parent right in the middle of a pandemic, and then I moved overseas five months later and somewhat fell through the postpartum cracks, medically or psychologically speaking, I don't know. It might also have had something to do with the fact that I didn't want to admit that I was struggling beyond the exhaustion and overwhelm that can be expected in motherhood or in parenthood. At least not admit to anyone outside of myself or perhaps my husband, who was clearly watching something significant happen to his wife's mental health in those first few months and years of our son's life. The thing is, I can't say definitively one way or another what I've experienced. I can only say that this period of my life has been simultaneously one of the most beautiful and miraculous, as well as one of the most challenging, lonely, and sometimes dark periods of my life. It's difficult to say that out loud because I know how uncomfortable it makes people in your life to hear something like that, whether for those sitting across the breakfast table from you or living next door to you or those living across oceans from you. It's difficult to hear that from somebody important in your life and feel like there is nothing you can do to help them. I've mentioned this before in earlier episodes, but when I first started this podcast, I decided to pull my social media network and ask women in my life to share what they had experienced in their pregnancy, postpartum, or motherhood stories. I figured I would use the results of the poll as a jumping off point of sorts for potential episode topics and then go from there. One third of the women who responded to the poll indicated that they had either experienced postpartum depression or wanted to hear more about it. I just finished watching Harry and Meghan on Netflix, and I feel a bit, I don't know, I was going to say sad, but I want to say angry for Meghan Markle and everything she experienced. 
By the way, if you're not sure who I'm talking about, that's American actress Meghan Markle and her husband, Prince Harry, for anyone unfamiliar with these two or their story. I wouldn't consider myself a royal family diehard by any means. I'm more of a Suits fan or the Crown fan, if anything, but I was definitely captivated by Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's love story and their wedding and saddened by the subsequent attack by the press in the late 2010s that ultimately led to them leaving the royal family and moving to North America. I know that everyone is entitled to their own opinions about people, but my opinion, especially after binging their Netflix series, is shame on everyone who did nothing to help that poor woman when she was clearly battling mental health decline in the months after the birth of her first son. I couldn't imagine feeling the way she did and on such a public stage, quite literally billions of people fully invested in either loving or hating you, questioning your skills or your motives as a mother, judging you in every possible way. That just sounds horrible. Did you know it was actually a journalist of all people who asked her in a candid sort of between shots interview, how are you, Megan? Are you okay? And that's when Megan finally let the public image veneer crack a little bit and admitted that no, she wasn't really okay. And the fact of the matter is, so many moms are not doing okay. Sometimes it can feel like our personal issues and struggles in motherhood are just too big to admit or too personal to share. But in speaking more openly about these topics, and in sharing our experiences out loud more often, we can reduce the stigma that's associated with mental health and issues like postpartum depression, and we can help each other through some of the toughest parts of our motherhood stories. How many of you listening have openly talked about your motherhood mental health journey with your closest friends and family? I'm willing to bet that you probably feel more comfortable sharing with strangers on a motherhood Facebook group than you do with the people in your immediate circle. I think we do this for a whole host of reasons. Maybe we just don't want to worry the people in our lives, or maybe we feel embarrassed that we're struggling to such an extent, or coming back to another very common reason, guilty about feeling this way because, quote unquote, my situation isn't as bad as so-and-so's. I received the following clip from a mom who wants to share about her own experience with postpartum depression, so I'll let her introduce herself. Hi, I'm Callie Hughes. And I'm the co-host of The Brazen Podcast and a self-care coach for working moms. I had my first child back in 2017, and I struggled a lot with my confidence. I did not realize it at the time, but I was suffering from postpartum depression. I only realized that I had been depressed after I had my second child, and it was such a wildly different postpartum experience. My husband noticed some changes But he didn't say anything because he didn't really know what to do or what to say. And I think he was afraid of upsetting me because I was already just barely coping with life. But I really want to encourage you to have that conversation with your partner and discuss how you would like to handle any mental health concerns that they might be noticing during your postpartum period. It's really common to have postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety come up, and it's not something that you need to just deal with. There are treatments and services and therapies that can really help you have the smoothest transition into motherhood possible. As always, thank you so much to the women who continue to share their stories on this podcast. 
Thank you for raising your hands. Thank you for speaking your truths. And thank you for helping somebody else listening today realize that they are not alone and that they can seek help or get to the other side of this. Okay, I'll be right back with Miranda Bauer, CEO founder of Postpartum University and bestselling author of Reclaiming Postpartum Wellness. Miranda, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I know that we're just meeting for the first time right now, but I just want to say right off the bat how incredible it is that people like you exist in this world, moms like you, Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs like you, and I'm really excited to talk about this topic today. Thank you so much. I am so honored to be here and I look forward to sharing everything I know about postpartum and motherhood and all the things. Okay, well, let's jump right in. Can you um, start off by giving the listeners an introduction to who you are and what it is that you do? Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, my name is Miranda Bauer, and I am the founder and creator of Postpartum University. And I a little bit about postpartum university, and then I'll share my story about why I created this is uh, we're, we're a place where we are providing real education and support to both women and their providers in the years postpartum. That's important. Yeah. 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 I got started in this journey because of my own experiences and my own immense lack of support in postpartum. You know, I often tell people that postpartum is like the secret club. You're not allowed to know anything about it until you're already in the throes. And then by then it's really too late to truly work on healing your body. I mean, it becomes a struggle for so many years. And I was really disheartened and sad to see that I I wasn't given the information mm-hmm. that I truly needed mm-hmm. to heal my body. And I find that so many others don't have that information either. And then when you start looking at it, when you start looking into the research and and diving in further, the matter of the fact is, is that providers don't have the research either. They don't have the understanding. They don't have the knowledge. They don't have the tools. They're not trained in this. And so that's why I created Postpartum University, because we need a far better way. The healthcare system that we have right now does not care about your postpartum health. Which is incredibly bizarre because so many people experience a postpartum journey and postpartum struggles. And the fact that there is not the amount of education and support and information out there for us to prepare ourselves or navigate through it is it's just mind boggling. So I want to come back and talk about postpartum university, but can we start off by having you tell us a little bit about your motherhood story and your personal experience uh, navigating postpartum depression? Yeah, absolutely. So I have, I have four kids and my journey started over 13 years ago when I had my son and I was a science major. I was, Mm. you know, I, I love science and I was in the depths of everything. When I got pregnant, I was like, Ooh, give me all the info. Right. And so I really dived into everything and I thought I did everything quote unquote, right. I had a home birth for my Mm -hmm. first birth. And, um, I was very much looking forward to the experience and very much prepared for it as much as a a first time mom can be prepared for labor and birth. Mm -hmm. So in the aftermath of it, I remember thinking like, wow, I I don't understand like why I'm here sitting here. I mean, I was 
There was sweat pouring out of every orifice of my body. There's milk leaking out of my boobs. I'm bleeding. And I'm like, ah, I I just don't understand how nobody told me it was going to be like this. Right. I had everything prepared for my baby and I had nothing for myself. And so I spent the last nine months preparing for labor and birth and I didn't prep anything for postpartum, right? Of course, I had the breastfeeding things and I had, you know, the chucks pads and things like that. But seriously, there was there was nothing else there. I knew nothing. But I, you know, was going in through the journey and I really tumbled fast. It was a really difficult space to be in. And mm. I fell into depression very, very quickly and a lot of anxiety. Ah, I had I had severe postpartum depression and anxiety. And I share this story often. It's not a news story, but I, I talk about how I would have panic attacks uh, about monkeys coming down from the ceiling and stealing my baby. Oh, my goodness. And the only difference between that and psychosis is the fact that I understood that that was completely irrational. But I couldn't stop the feeling, the terrifying feeling, the anxiety feeling. I couldn't stop the panic attack. It just like rolled over me. I had no control. And so it was a really difficult experience. I ended up losing my partner. Uh, I became a single mom by the time I was uh, six months postpartum. Oh, man. I was living in my parents' house. I had no job. I I could not function as a human being. And I didn't understand why, you know, I, I played it off, you know, I guess I, I didn't really say anything to anyone, but it was, I couldn't understand how nobody noticed. Mm-hmm. Like, how could you not see that I am drowning and no one, no one saw, no one got it. At least that was my perception of it. I was totally on my own. So it was a very deep, dark time. And I remember this one moment where I was looking at my son, I was observing him and he was sitting there playing. He was sitting up finally and he was playing with a couple of toys. And I remember thinking to myself, is this what he's going to remember of me? Is this, mm. is this how it's going to be? And brings me to tears just thinking about it. I had to do something very, very different. And that was kind of my defining moment. Like, I can't do this anymore. I can't struggle to get out of bed. I can't not feed myself. I cannot live in this deep depression. I cannot have anxiety. I have to be there. I have to engage. And that's when I started doing the research. I went back to what I know, right? Which is where I recommend everybody go. And for me, that was research. I wanted to know all the things. Why am I in this space? Why 30% of women have postpartum depression? Are you kidding me? How come no one told me? I think we have these open conversations now, but you know, 13, 14 years ago, this was not a conversation that was being had. So, you know, it was, it was just, everything was mind blowing. And when I was looking at the research, it was even more mind blowing. Like, how are you kidding me? Like, nobody told me this. Why is nobody saying anything? And then it was, it was like, I would go to the grocery store and to go get my groceries and I'd see another mom and I'd be like, Hey, Hey, like, how was your journey? 
are you okay? Did you have postpartum depression too? You know, I was like that crazy woman, but I was like (laughs) adamant to know, like, I'm clearly not the only one, right? There's, there's 30% of us here that, you know, I'm not talking, uh, you know, to myself. And it was, you know, interesting that so many other people were like, oh, actually, yeah, like, I, I do feel that. And, you know, this is an interesting conversation. Thank you for having, you know, it was just a, a really interesting thing. And, uh, that was my journey out. It became my mission to heal my body. And it took a really long time. It took years to heal my body because I think the the information is not readily available. The tools are not readily available. And so there was so much that I had to explore. There's so much I had to fail in order to find out what is real. You know, I talk significantly about postpartum nutrition. And that's one thing that is like you go look on on Google or Pinterest for postpartum nutrition. And the amount of information is great, but almost all of it is harmful. Like 95% of everything that I've seen out there has me nearly in tears because it would be detrimental to a postpartum mom's gut. What we know is healthy is not necessarily healthy for postpartum because our Mm. physiology changes so, so much. And nobody's talking about that. No one's supporting that. hundred percent. That is like, well, thank you for your vulnerability and in sharing all of that. And that's why I say that it is so important that there are people like you. Like I just felt like I was hearing so much of me and my experiences and struggles as well in your story that you just shared now and how much it would have helped at times to like have another mom come up to me and just be like, hey, is this happening to you too? Like, that's that's part of the reason. That's the whole reason, really, that I started the podcast. Can I ask you, because I'm I'm curious about this, you mentioned as well that you have four children and that it took years to um, sort of heal yourself from this postpartum journey from your first son. Did that scare you when you were pregnant or having uh, your other three children, that, that you were going to experience yeah. something like that again? Yeah, immensely. And so I I actually had um met my husband when my son was 3. And so mm-hmm. I was I was pretty much healed from depression at this point. I was coming out of it. I was in a very solid place in my life. I had a really great job that I worked hard for. My son came to work with me every day. Like Wow, that's awesome. I was living on my own. So I I finally figured out life, right? And I had my, you know, uh my emotional health as well and I met my husband. And then we had our daughter when my son was almost uh, four and a half. And it was really scary to be in that space. And I was adamant that I was not going to experience that again. Right. And so I thought I, I set up everything, right. I, I made sure that I was going to fully prepare my body for this experience. And I did really well. Um, but I was still very much learning and there was some situational things that had happened as well. My husband decided that he was going to go to graduate school at MIT and he got accepted into the program. And so we spent, uh, the, uh, I think, uh, we traveled to Boston. We were there for a month when my daughter turned six weeks old. Wow. <laughs> and it was, it was one of those things. It was either he had to leave for a month or we were coming with, and he was like, I need to be there. Like he really wanted to be there. So we packed up and we made the journey and 
I didn't have my support systems. I didn't have my things. I was still learning how to care for my body during that time. And although I was feeling on top of the world, I had the best birth experience. I had tons of energy. It was like, no, I, I totally got this. So I got this. I was like, I was ready. Right. And so when I, when we came back, I think things really started to kind of fall apart. And the reason being was because I thought I already had it. It was like, no, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't need any of that time. I don't need any of that space. I don't need any of that healing because I am already awesome. Right. Like I'm already. And so I kind of lost control of the wheel and didn't give myself that space to just be. I was like, no, I'm going to pick up. I'm going to go. I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to take my kids to classes. Um, I was overly doing it because I felt like I could. Mm-hmm. Rather than stepping back and being like, ah, I don't have to, I have nothing to prove. Right. But for me, I did. Right. I was, I was, I had to prove to myself that I was okay. And mm-hmm. that process made me not okay. So I ended up with depression again. I got rageful. That was very interesting. I ended up, um, by nine months postpartum, I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. And that was very much related to my postpartum experience, a a thousand percent. And so I I actually talk a lot about not just perinatal mental health, but also postpartum autoimmune disorders, um, because they're so intertwined and so interrelated. Over 30% of women, again, here's this 30% statistic, over 30% of women will develop an autoimmune disease in the first year after having a baby. One out of seven alone will experience a thyroid disorder. Like Hmm. we talk about these things more and more frequently, but at the time it was, it was mind boggling to me. So um, my third baby was really difficult. I actually ended up with postpartum bipolar. And the thing with that was that I, I have, again, I was like, I'm going to plan everything. It's going to be great. I was still learning how to manage my colitis at the time. And so I didn't anticipate getting pregnant and it kind of, it just happened. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there was, there was a snowball effect, but in the process too, a lot of the things that I I had fell apart. My uh, meal train became non-existent. Like we planned for a meal train. I, I tell this story because I want to share the significance of not relying on others sometimes. Mm, like okay. we need to rely on others, but sometimes our support systems aren't the support systems that we, that we need, right? Not all support systems are created equal, but I had my family. I was going to have my mom and dad and God bless them. They were trying their best, but it was not what I needed at the time. It was not emotionally helpful Mm-hmm. in any way. So I there were so many learning lessons throughout all of my births. And by the time, you know, I had my fourth baby, she is almost four now. I, I truly did finally figure it out. And, you know, <laughs> uh, I had an incredible experience postpartum. It was immensely healing. I, um, I was able to heal my postpartum bipolar on my own within two months of having my third. So from diagnosis, wow. I had my third. I healed my my bipolar alone. And I will tell you, that was my turning point sitting in the doctor's office hearing that diagnosis. I was like, no, this is not this is not my reality. This is not happening to me. Um, immediately making changes in my life and adjustments to uh, make that go away very quickly. So two months 
uh, total transformation. And then I went in uh, about six months later and I was symptom free from my colitis. Uh, again, no medications, like really focusing on healing my body and giving my body what it needed. And then by the time I had my my fourth, I was ready for it. And again, like I said, it was a magical experience and I really set myself up for success. And I had the background to do it. So I want to preface that. I mean, had I already been supporting postpartum women for, for many, many years and I had gone through the journey of failing so many times of trying to figure out what was working. Why does this healing technique work when I'm not pregnant or postpartum? And this one doesn't work at all when I'm postpartum, right? Mm-hmm. Um, understanding the differences and studying the physiology that's changing and the psychology. And it, it was, it was just, it was very, um, it was a very long journey, but all again, very, very necessary for me to learn and to create what I have here. And a lot of that knowledge has also come from working with literally thousands of women wow. in the same, you know, space. I used to coach women all the time. I uh, haven't coached thousands, but uh, several hundred and it's all the same. It's all the same. The healing, the the journey to we go through these phases, but we're, we all require the same thing. It's, it's like a universal need that mm-hmm. we all have. And of course we have our, our individual needs as well that need to be addressed, but they all stem from the same thing. Hey mummers, sorry to interrupt your episode, but I wanted to say hi. My name is Kylie Kelly and I'm the host of the This Mama Means Business podcast. I'm obsessed with all things business and motherhood and navigating the magical and messy seasons of both. When you're finished listening to this incredible episode of the Raise Your Hand Motherhood podcast, I would be honored if you would join me for an episode over at This Mama Means Business. Think of it as a coffee date or a happy hour with your girlfriends where we talk real life. Money, challenges, growth, frustrations, marketing, it's all welcome here. So when you're done here, simply search for This Mama Means Business and come and join us. We would love to have you. All right, let's jump on back into the episode. I want to shift into postpartum university, which is, would you say that that's kind of like your fifth baby, like this huge community that you've created, providing education and support to thousands of women, women and mothers? Yeah, absolutely. So I I would almost venture to say that this is kind of my first baby. It's okay. actually really interesting. I was I was sharing with um a group of professionals and colleagues recently something I had found back many many years ago and I have always had this passion and desire to work with women and I will tell you before I had even coined the term postpartum university, I found a document before my son, like it, it, it literally states start a university for women. Really? I'm not kidding you. Like this was a goal many, many years ago. And so I know that this, this has always been brewing. It's always been, it's, it's my mission. It's my life's work. This is the reason why I am here on this planet. So postpartum university is really 
here to support those and learning about the physiological and biological and psychological changes that are taking place within the body. And so we have an entire trainings and materials and support tools and even a book that I recently published for moms so that they can get this sort of underground information (laughs) that they not only need, but deserve. Yeah. Right. So that they can truly heal their bodies. And I have a lot of, of people come to me who are wanting help and support, but are not finding it. They're going Mm -hmm. to their doctor. They're going to their counselor. They might even be on medication, but it's not working. It's not addressing the root. It's not getting to the problem. And they recognize that. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, this isn't it. This isn't it. And they're right. Uh, It's normal. Hear me out here. It is normal for a body to be depressed, anxious, and experience disease when it is not supported. It is normal for that to happen when your body is not supported. So when your physical, mental, emotional, nutritional needs are not being met, of course, you're going to feel like crap. Yeah. And when do we need all of that the most? Uh, after giving birth? So... We, we just don't understand our society as a whole has zero understanding of the necessary needs for our body after a baby. And then I also offer training for professionals and making sure that they're getting this evidence-based information that they need to fully support the moms who are coming to them, who trust them, who need their help because their lives are depending on it. And again, this information is not being taught, right? Our, we go to an OB and or a provider or a family practitioner or whomever. They're not given this information. They don't go through a class, you know, for postpartum care and their training. It's non-existent. It's pretty wild when you think about like... um yeah, the medical professionals that you see after giving birth and how that kind of, you know, whether you have um, OB or a um, midwife or whatever, whatever the situation is, it's, it's, you know, typically, well, it depends on what country you live in and whatnot. It's different here in Germany where I am than it is in Canada where I'm from. But it's kind of like this, oh, six week period or a couple of weeks after you give birth and what you're talking about and what you've created with postpartum university, like this is, this is like an education that needs to continue for women well beyond the six weeks after they've been, you know, cleared to physically have sex or whatever their, their doctors are telling them. Like, it's just, it's wild when you think about it. And like you mentioned before, postpartum university, like what is the, the, motherhood clientele that it serves. Like it's not just for women who have just given birth, as you said, it's for. Yeah. It's for women in the years after, because honestly, you know, oftentimes what I see is that when you're in the throes of those early few months, like you're not focusing on how do I heal my body? If you're just, if this is the first time you've ever heard this information and you're like in the first six months to a year, you're, mm-hmm. you're literally in survival mode, right? And so yeah. you don't have a lot of time to dedicate to yourself because no one told you our society has failed you. I, like, clearly, you did not fail. 
society has failed you. And so I often find that moms who are two to three years postpartum, Mm -hmm. that's the time when they're like, okay, I've got to do something because their toddler is getting, you know, a little bit more independent. They're having a little bit more time to themselves. Maybe they're finally sleeping a few nights out of the week, right? Just just a little bit of of breath. And I find that often during that that those small moments where a mother feels that she can breathe, even even just for a few minutes a day, it's like, oh my gosh, where am I? Who have I become? Where did I go? What is happening to my body? Right? It's that first time where you're starting to recognize that this isn't okay. This isn't right. And you start reaching out for help and support. And that's that's kind of where I was in, in my journey, right around that year mark to, to two-year mark. I was like, where, where do I go? And nobody, everybody was like, well, you're not postpartum anymore. And I'm like, no, but it stems from postpartum, right? Like this is, I'm still my journey. There's no training in this, right? When we look at even counselors, and I want to throw this out there, Mm-hmm. When I was going for my degree in counseling, I found that there were no information, no courses related to the perinatal period. And I was told over and over and over again, if I am here to serve perinatal women, women in pregnancy and birth and postpartum, that I would have to have a secondary education. I would have to go elsewhere for that information. It was not included in my degree. Wow. And so I think there's this whole assumption in in our medical world and our society that is not conducive to supporting women in the years after having a baby, clearly. Mm -hmm. I think this is something I wanted to ask you about because this, this term postpartum depression, I think it kind of associated with it is this idea that it's like maybe the first year, like postpartum, that's the first year after you have a child, for example. And then if you're experiencing any kind of mood disorders or depression or whatnot after that year, well, what is that called? Is that still postpartum depression? Like, is that maternal depression? Is that just depression as a result of all the other things and challenges and struggles that you're navigating because of your situation? Yeah. And and let's talk about pregnancy depression and let's talk mm, about yes. weaning depression You know, there's such a thing as weaning depression. Nobody talks about that. The fact is, depression is a symptom. Mm -hmm. It is not a disease. It is a symptom of an imbalance that is occurring in your body. Okay. Plain and simple. And so when we address the root cause, which is what I teach in in postpartum university, then we have the tools necessary to heal our bodies and remove it. Can you, Miranda, can you walk a mom who's listening right now through the experience that they will have when they visit postpartum university online? What kinds of programs are available? What kind of memberships or community are they joining? Yeah, absolutely. You don't even have to go online, right? First and foremost, I have a book if you are interested in learning about these steps and what I teach uh, I have a book called Reclaiming Postpartum Wellness. You can find mm-hmm. it on Amazon and any major bestsellers. Just get your feet wet. Um, you can go to our website. We have a, a podcast as well. Like 
just go take a minute to dive into a conversation where I'm teaching you about, hey, these are your tools and these are why these work and these are why these don't and truly start to understand your body and where you are. And if you want to dive deeper, if you're truly like, okay, I want to implement these tools, how do I do that? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just what are the tools, right? Because a lot of times we just, you, I see this often as we're just trying to educate and provide, you know, the education factor. And I want to go above and beyond, right? So it's not just the education in the book. I specifically give you tools. And then in postpartum university, we have a multitude of tools that you have access to. We have a postpartum nutrition plan that you can have. There's a membership where you can go and literally I have videos and downloads and recipes and herbal guides and meditations, you name it. Like we have a massive library of information for you all broken down into sections. So you have exactly what you need. And so a little bit of, of what this is in terms of the sections, we talk about whole body support. Mm -hmm. We talk about functional nutrition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How to get better sleep. Right. And that's biologically safe for you and baby and feel good. Okay. That's really key. We also go into nervous system resetting. Your nervous system is a huge component. How do we regulate our nervous system, right? That includes trauma. That includes, especially birth trauma in our world right now, Um, stress, like all sorts of components. And then finding your own body rhythms. As females, we have very specific rhythms in our lives. And most of the time, we don't even know what those are many, many times, as a society, we we have neglected those and we even looked down upon those. There's an entire field called chronobiology. It's absolutely fascinating that is getting into how our our bodies as women are so different than the bodies of men, like the way our sleep rhythms are, our circadian rhythms, our menstrual rhythms, right? We are very differently built than men, even to the point, like you're getting into the science of it. Women experience on average more motion sickness than men. And it's because our bodies are on a different rhythm and we're more sensitive to changes. Wow. (laughs) So we learn this through, through science, right? All of everything that I teach is very heavily science-based, but also traditionally based too. So we talk a lot about different traditions and how they support postpartum families and things like that and kind of combine the best of all worlds. And so I give you all of those tools within postpartum university. And so that's more, that's the mom side of things. And then in the professional side of things, we offer certification programs, certificate trainings, lots of in-depth trainings on not only postpartum nutrition, but also things like gallbladder dysfunction in postpartum, perinatal mental health uh, issues, ADHD in postpartum. We're seeing a huge rise in that. Why is that occurring? Uh, newborn eczema, how that's related to maternal health. Just just a, a lot of different components that we we dive deep into and explore so that providers can do a far better job of supporting the women who are coming to them for help. 
That sounds phenomenal. It's it sounds like university, which is why it's called postpartum it is. university. Yes. Like it's yes. The the amount of knowledge and education that you're providing across such a broad spectrum of categories, like it's incredible. It sounds like every individual mother would be able to to join the university and find multiple things that that would help them. Like something, you know, not every piece of content will be perfect for every mom, but there's something there for every every mom. Yeah. Yeah. You even have exercise information, how to, you know, when you have diastasis recti or you have organ prolapse, like, how do you move? You know, everything is, is there and ready and really available to you. I think oftentimes the hardest part is deciding Mm -hmm. that that's something that you're going to do, right? When we're in the throes of depression or anxiety or pain or autoimmune disease or symptoms of it's very hard to make the first move. Like I want Mm -hmm. to recognize that we need support systems. We need people to be there to hold space for us. And that's not here. It's not available. And it's not going to be. Nobody is going to be there to support you in the way in which you need. The hardest thing is making the decision to do it yourself. Like I, I remember laying in bed not able to get up, like super depressed and thinking to myself, I don't, I want to be better, but I don't know how. Well, it starts with getting out of the bed. Oh, it starts with taking a shower. Just take that one move. And it's like, I can't, I can't even get my foot out of the bed. Right. Right. It's hard. I get it. But you have to decide that you're going to do something and you got to do something radically different than what we're preaching to moms right now, which is just go to therapy and take your prescription antidepressants. And that's not fair. It's not fair to moms at all. And and really, we've we've simply normalized this. This is what we've done. Yes. It happens so often and so frequently and we've done absolutely nothing about it that we've just said, "You know what? It's motherhood." So This is the way it's going to be. And the truth of the matter is it is not. And if we're going to do something, we have to do it now, not just for ourselves, but for our children and the generations after, because the healing that we're doing now is going to reverberate through them. It affects, I mean, our depression, statistically, it, it affects them immensely, right? My son has ADHD and ADHD and our children are a disease and a it's a systematic issue that often happens when a mother is depressed like those two are very much interrelated they're not just a correlation mm. it's it's a known cause and effect right like we are affecting our children right and and i say that and i know so many people are like Miranda don't say that cuz you're going to make people feel guilty again it's not your fault no one is telling you this information and i'm i'm begging you to reach out find the support systems if postpartum university is not it for you that's cool it's not it for everyone mm. but find someone find something to get better you have to i feel like uh, it's so interesting how the body has like a physiological response sometimes to just hearing something. And I feel like when you were talking about that, you know, it's important that we do it for ourselves and we we learn this and we educate ourselves and work on the healing journey right now, but that it's also something that is going to affect our children and generationally um, continue. 
And I just felt like my heart was just screaming like, yes, <laughs> and my throat um, constricting. It's just so interesting to have that to have that reaction. So for a mom who's listening, Miranda, who is really just like, how can I claw my way out of here? You've, you've mentioned that you have the book Reclaiming Postpartum Wellness, which is available on Amazon and any major book retailer. You've mentioned that you have your podcast. And how can people look that up? Yeah, Postpartum University. Okay. Um, you can go to my website, postpartumu, the letter u.com, and you'll find all of that information there. You'll find my book links, you'll find the podcast, you'll find uh, my courses for moms and professionals. I literally have, it's a, you know, a little thing for, it says for moms, you click on for yes, moms, yeah. and I give you a step by step process. Um, we have a, a comprehensive postpartum quiz, it takes you two minutes to complete. And it will tell you, it, it's very, very easy, but over 30 questions to figure out what's going on with your body and how you can fix it. Like, That's incredible. you know, you could take that quiz and, and learn more. You can get the book, you can, you know, do do the things. I, but I, I walk you through the process step by step. It only takes one step at a time, right? Mm -hmm. And if someone is yeah. listening who's six years into their motherhood journey or 10 years or six weeks, it's never too late to heal your body. Learn the tools. It's been such a pleasure having you on the podcast, Miranda. Thank you so much for joining me. I think you are doing incredible work in such an important space that is so under-discussed. And thank you for everything that you do. Thank you. I'm so, so grateful to be here. And I hope this resonates deeply with your audience. I just want to say thanks so much for listening, and I hope today's story and interview have been valuable, eye-opening, or just made you feel seen in some way. If you know somebody else who might benefit from listening to this episode, I'll simply ask that you take a moment now to share it with them. Because remember, the more we all raise our hands and share our own motherhood stories, the less alone you might ultimately feel in yours. Okay, that's all for today. Let's hang out again soon, mamas. Until next time. Hey mama, thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Raise Your Hand Motherhood Podcast. I made it for you, so I hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button so we can hang out together again soon.